Welcome to Spirit for Success, a podcast for kick-ass ladypreneurs with spirit, smarts, sass, and style who want to succeed at business, life, and love with ease and grace. Want to see what other fabulousness we have in store for you? Go to spirit, the number four, success.com. That's www.spiritforsuccess.com. Now to your kick-ass and sparkly host, Rach Wilson and Therese Tucker. Welcome, this is Rach. And this is Therese. And we've got a really special session for you today, and one we were kind of hesitant to do originally, but it's just been coming through so strongly that we, we couldn't say no. And that's because David Bowie has decided to join us today and talk to us about creativity. We did a session with him a couple of weeks ago and he came through quite strongly then and had a lot to say, but um, clearly he wants us to share this information with the world. So we're going to allow him to step in today and work with Therese and uh, to let us know what he wants the world to know about creativity and, and such. So Therese, I'm going to now hand it over to you and you can introduce Bowie. (laughs) <laughs> he needs no introduction. Come on. <laughs> well, I want to talk briefly a little bit why we decided to actually record this podcast because Rach and I, we, we do sessions together all the time where we're connecting with our team and spirit. And a lot of times we get guest speakers <laughs> that come in, people that are well known that have passed over that we get a chance to chat with. And so much fun. It is. And this is amazing because he's come in several times now. And what instigated us to record the podcast is both Rach and I, on separate occasions, talking to other people, they were telling us they also were experiencing this Bowie energy that the passing of David Bowie had an impact on them that they didn't quite understand and that they and didn't expect. And that they seem to be having communication with Bowie in the non-physical and they're questioning it and it, it doesn't make sense to them because it's they feel like they're not necessarily instigating communication. Mm. And so we just had, we were like, this is it. We need to talk about what we're getting, what he's shared with us from the non-physical so that people can understand um, why his songs are playing in their head consistently, <laughs> <laughs> among other things. Why they're having dreams about him and, and they feel this intense connection and, and he wants you to know that it's very much intended. Mm. I know that takes a moment <laughs> because it feel you know, the interesting thing about living on this physical plane, especially when we've created all these different statuses and one of them being celebrity, is that when someone reaches celebrity status, we feel almost like they're untouchable. Inaccessible. We can't access them. Yes. Right. And so we sort of assume that it's the same in the non-physical. And it's not. Yes. (laughs) It's not. And so that's one of the big messages that he wants to get across. But the best way for us to do this, Rach, I feel, is if you could do what we do in our private sessions where you sort of instigate questions Mm -hmm. and then I can go in. Yep. And work with him. Yep, look, that sounds like a great idea. I know he wants to really talk about creativity, so why don't we ask his his definition of creativity and why it's so important in the world? Yes. So what I'm feeling is, first of all, 
he wants to invite us to all remember that we are creative beings by nature. It's actually the very nature of our being. When we talk about our oneness with the whole, we're talk a lot of times we refer, refer to that oneness as connecting to the great creator or the prime creator. And so it, it is the very nature, uh, it's the essence of our being, of our souls, is to create. That's where we're coming from. I mean, it, it is our driving force. Mm. If you think about it, it's the driving force in creating other people. <laughs> Procreation. <laughs> it's like it is the driving force. It's that's the that's what I'm getting. One of the things that we know about Bowie is that he was constantly you know, and some people would view it as recreating himself. And I know when we had this conversation with him before, he was very clear about it. for him it wasn't about recreating himself, but it was about testing and trying and experiencing everything from a very visceral point by actually doing it. So so Bowie, mm-hmm. <laughs> can you tell us what it was for you in your creative life? Well, when we touched points on this, he was connecting with me about the idea of the shapeshifter. And there's a tribe of what I would call the shapeshifters. And these are people who take on different forms in the physical body. And then not just the idea of the shapeshifter from like a science fiction point of view. Sci-fi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's kind of freaky. Like, no. <laughs> a, a shapeshifter is driven by curiosity and the desire to not just know something from a different point of view, but to experience it. And that's what was driving him was to experience. Experience was the driver for all the different forms that he was taking, mm. not just this looks a certain way and i think that's appealing but it's like i want to become the spaceman what is a space what is it to experience the life of a spaceman i want to experience being a gay man that's one of the things he identified with and yet he was married and had children later on so you know he was polyamorous but he also wanted to experience that and it wasn't um it's not so much trying it on like clothing it was knowing it like an intimate knowing of those experiences. Yeah, being, totally being. Yes. One of the things that stood out from my notes about that session was that he talked about you know, he wanted to try every flavor. It wasn't about sticking to one style. It was like, well, the world has so many different flavors of creativity and ways to do things that he wanted to not just try it, but experience every flavor that he could throughout his life. Exactly. Exactly. And it was this, <laughs> he said it was too boring to stick around with one thing for too long. He got bored. (laughs) And what drove him is that he stopped feeling authentic in it. That's why he had left the band when he did. Because the the idea of um, Ziggy Stardust, he kind of chopped it off. And I know a lot of people felt like it was an abrupt stop. But he said it was no longer serving him in an authentic way. That he was getting lost Mm. in trying to maintain it. It was no longer expanding in it. it. It was no longer a pure expression, he says. I love that. And I think that's part of the reason why he's coming through so strongly for a lot of people in the creative zone is because he wants them to know what it means to be truly authentic within the creativity. And I'll let you continue on with what he talks about around authenticity and creativity. I got to tap back into that. Talk to us about that. Authenticity. So I'll go back to my notes. And some of the things he was talking about was um, authenticity is where you are truly coming from your creative space. You're not mimicking 
somebody else's um, creativity. Mm-hmm. You talked about how mimicking someone else, and this goes for business, this goes for you know creative arts. It doesn't matter what it is, but when you're mimicking someone else, you can only get to it. It's a shallow success. It's not sustainable because it's not coming from that purely like almost like we call spirit space, allowing that to come through. You're then engaging the mind because you're trying to make everybody like you. And one of the the quotes that we will be putting on a meme that came from from that session was um, authenticity polarizes. It also shows how authentic you're being by not trying to make everyone like you. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just listening. To, <laughs> I'm listening <laughs> to him. He he is um he's clarifying the statement. Interesting. He's using the the terms transparency and opaque. So that authenticity is the most transparent form of you. Mm, yeah. There there's nothing hidden in your authenticity. The more that you're trying to assimilate to someone else's idea, the more it's like you're you create a cloudiness or an opaqueness around you. Mm. And not only does it inhibit other people from being able to see you, it, it inhibits you from being able to clearly see your vision. Mm. What he's talking to me about right now, though, that he's really interested in pointing out is how everybody is trying to find something that they, quote unquote, their original idea, their unique thing. And he said there's, mm-hmm. he's reiterating the point that there's no pure, unique source. Everything that he did was... He said, it's more like a quilt. Creativity is more like quilting. You take patches from this and that, from your experiences, and you patch it together. And the the whole of the quilt is the new idea. Mm, It's your expression of it, which makes it the uniqueness. Right. Oh, he keeps showing me that. So that's a very important point that he wants people to recognize about creativity, is that this idea, this false idea of like a pure form coming through, and birthing into an idea, that is not how he experienced creativity in the physical world. Mm. In the physical world, he experienced it by pulling pieces together and weaving something new. Yeah. And we talked about that in our creative stuff as well. So this is just a reiteration and probably stronger, I think, for me to hear it come from someone who we would say is the personification of creativity, really. Yeah. And well, he's saying that in the even in the non-physical, there the ability to pull pure form doesn't really exist. It's already because it's all happened. It's like all the forms, all the original forms have been laid out in the universe in the universe and are cycling back again and again. Mm. And it's it's like they're cycling through. He's showing me a kaleidoscope. And so it's all the same patterns, just slightly tilted to look different. It looks like a new pattern. That's a bit like the 80s clothing. <laughs> they came back, but slightly different. <laughs> Some parts actually never made it back. Right? He loves to communicate, just so people can know what I'm experiencing. He very much communicates with um, visual and color for me. Mm. So I'm not sure anyone else picking up Bowie. I'd love to hear what you're getting. But visual and color coming through really strong. Yeah, that's what I get too. I mean, I'm not as, as connected as or see things in the same way that Therese does, but in our sessions when he shows up, it's it's like psychedelic. A whole bunch of colour comes in for me and his energy is really quite strong, mm-hmm. I find, for me, in terms of picking that up. So it's anybody. Anybody can connect in with him. He's happy to connect with anybody, particularly creatives who can express stuff into the world. He wants you all to know that you should absolutely do it. Don't hold yourself back. 
the world wants you to have that creative outlet in the world. He's very big on, on not censoring it either. Just be. <laughs> One of the things he said, or at least that's what I wrote down, is, you know, have the courage to stand alone and fly your freak flag. That's got to go in another meme. We've got to put that out there somewhere. <laughs> Thanks, Bowie. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The idea of suppressing it or judging it dampens creativity. He's saying that it's like watering it down and it takes a while for it to come back as strong as it was. As If you were to let a creative impulse go completely, just let it actually materialize and happen, you'd have a, a stronger creative juice than by suppressing it or, or holding it back. Mm. It's like you're letting the color drain out of it. He's saying it's like an organic thing that's alive. The creative... Um, yep. Has a life of its own. That, that creative force is a life force. And it's like, imagine if you had a piece of fresh fruit, when is it going to taste best? When you just pick it or, you know, seven days later, Ew. <laughs> it's already dying. It's already it's got moldy in my fruit bowl already. <laughs> <laughs> he wants me to talk a little bit about where he was at at the point of his death, because he was very consciously aware of his death. And he made a very conscious point to co-create with his death. His death became yet another form of expression that only a few artists in the world have ever taken that leap, or and, and people that, that I know of have taken this leap of co-creating with their own mortality. That was a really strong moment, and I think that's why it had such a big effect on people, because it was very clear. He didn't hide the fact that he was going through this process of death as he was creating, and he actually came to a point where he felt complete, and at that point, that's when he passed over. And not only that, but he's saying that he made a contract as well to communicate that there is life, <laughs> life on Mars, <laughs> meaning <laughs> life on the other side. That's the song that has been playing in my head nonstop is life on Mars. I just, I have to listen to it because that's the song he's been broadcasting to me. But the contract that he made, he wants to verify that there is the non-physical. And that's why so many people are picking up on the Bowie signal. And that's what, and he's, he is breaking these barriers that just because in the physical world he was a celebrity doesn't mean that you cannot communicate with him. He's also proving uh, one of the things that he has contracted himself to prove is that the non physical is multi dimensional and can be in many places at once. So, if many people are receiving private messages from David Bowie, it doesn't mean that one person is and one person isn't. They all are mm. because the non-physical can be multiple places. And the message is that life keeps going. It's just a different form of creating from his side. And it's just <laughs> as fascinating. Why do you keep getting this picture of him kind of, and I've said this before, but he kind of skips in and he's, he's just having the time of his life because he's got so much more creative freedom where he is now. Oh my God. It's like, imagine <laughs> he's showing me that lightning bolt on his face from, from the, you know, Ziggy Stardust era. And it's like, imagine that if he wanted to on stage, make that be an actual bolt of lightning going across his face. Well, he can do that in the non-physical where he couldn't actually do that in the physical realm. And so it's like working with unlimited, he's got unlimited ideas that can all materialize. 
They're all mm. rapidly materialized. So I've got a question for you. Could you call on Bowie and ask to channel through something creative from him or allowing that energy to come through? Absolutely. He is um, the David Bowie persona. That being was a projection of a larger being. Mm. He, he, that is a projection from a larger being. That's a, a creative muse, just like we're just projections of larger beings ourselves. Mm. And I'm not saying that he's some sort of separate muse floating around that we're not connected to. We absolutely are, but I want you to see it. Like what he's showing me is plant. Okay, so the plant has the major stem system and the root, but then there's an offshoot and then an offshoot of that. So the very last offshoot was David Bowie connecting back to this creative muse, connecting back to source energy. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah, okay. So he was, like, if we look at it that way, he was someone who absolutely, completely surrendered to that creative energy coming through. Absolutely. Mm. That's why he was so popular too. There were people who really loved him. I mean, he's got such a following made such an impact. Even if you didn't like all of the different versions of Bowie, there was always something that made, that sort of drew you in. And that was, and if you, I'm sure you would talk about it, but that's the authenticity and the transparency that you're seeing. When you're in that space of complete openness and just allowing that creativity to come through, it's extremely attractive to people. Absolutely. And he wants to point out that he didn't start at the top. It wasn't like he just one day decided I'm going to play music and then was awesome. There was a lot of buildup, years of buildup before he ever sparked. Mm. But what drove him was that he would keep, um, he was driven by the search. He was driven by the, the search for the sound and he tried many sounds and he put it out there and he failed and he kept going because it wasn't about um, the stardom the stardom was sort of like an after effect of what it was really about, which is what am I authentically saying? And the look was a part of it. Well, a look is something that people get caught up a lot in, but it was the music, the sound of the music. Mm. And it was taking many different musical styles and putting them together and creating his own language. And that would be another way he said to look at it is many different languages coming together and creating a new language. Like when you've got people who speak, I mean, even the English language is very similar in its nature. We have roots from other languages, mm. root words that come from other pure, pure language. English isn't really a pure language. It's more of a gobbledy garble. <laughs> <laughs> in Australia we call like a, a um a dog that's made up of multiple breeds a mongrel. So, you know, mongrel. Yes. <laughs> mongrel <laughs> language. Well well he and and he likes that um yeah he's like mongrel music. Yeah. Yep. Mixing it all together and creating a new breed. But you know what? Here's the interesting thing he points out is that new breeds of of dog when you crossbreed, you're actually crossbreeding stronger because then you're allowing natural selection to kick in. Yeah. And so the dominant genes of each of the breeds comes forward, making a stronger, healthier dog. When you force the dogs to breed within just their species, you that's where all the weaknesses and health concerns come uh, in. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes complete sense. And it's sort of because, you know, at, at some point there's only so many, you know, shih tzus out there. <laughs> they're, they're, they're actually in breeding, right? They're breeding with their brothers and sisters at some point and cousins. And, 
So, but mongrels are, or mixed breads are breeding with two totally different new, um, Mm. sets of genes. Exactly. So you're getting like the most powerful blend. And that, I mean, we look at that in, um, I mean, I'll, I'll relate this back to business because as you're speaking about this, even though we're talking about creativity, that's very much the space for me. I'm always looking for new ways of doing things, new knowledge to understand new things, to really embody them. And while I'm, I'm you know, currently developing a brand new tool, and it is exactly that, it, I've taken the best bits from everything that I've learned and I'm pulling it together, but I'm allowing that process to be done by the inspiration that's coming through me. It's not a logical thing. It's actually very much a channeling of the energy that's coming through and pulling on everything that I've learned in my experience for my own unique expression through a new technique. It's interesting how the different ways that this creativity and this process actually happens. Right. And he's saying that that's more in alignment with what creativity is. Creativity creates hybrids. Mm. It, it actually thrives on hybrid creation. That's interesting. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, let's um, we'll, we'll start to wrap this up. But is there anything that Bowie wants to particularly say? Like, is there a message specifically that he wants to get out as a, a last last words or words of wisdom? <laughs> he says life is too damn short not to be fucking fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bowie, you rock seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we thank you, Bowie, and thank Bowie's energy for being a part of today, and we look forward to expressing more of his his wisdom and uh, allowing ourselves to channel his energy through some more. So thank you. Yes, I hope you guys enjoyed this extra little tidbit of a podcast. It's a little different than what we normally do, but I just felt like the message that was spreading is just so powerful, and I, and we wanted to provide reassurance that yes, you are communicating with the non-physical and yes, David Bowie is reaching out to you and yes, he supports you and your creativity. So enjoy it. Enjoy the music that comes through (laughs) and the messages. Beautiful. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, relax. We We got got this. this. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the show. We loved having you. Come join our kick-ass community on Facebook. It's called Kick-Ass Sparkly Ladypreneurs Unite. To get all the latest from Rach and Therese, go to www.spirit4success.com. Again, that's spirit4success.com. Until next time, relax. We got this.
Thanks for listening to the show. We loved having you. Come join our kick-ass community on Facebook. It's called Kick-Ass Sparkly Ladypreneurs Unite. To get all the latest from Rach and Therese, go to www.spirit4success.com. Again, that's spirit4success.com. Until next time, relax. We got this.